Hello, welcome to Church in the Mall's podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also access the most recent content and everything going on at Church in the Mall on our website, churchinthemall.com. We hope the following message inspires you to live an everyday faith. Welcome to Church in the Mall. Welcome home. In a former life, way long ago, before marriage and children, um, I served in youth ministry. And I actually used to um, help facilitate taking students on trips around the United States to do um, work for disaster relief. And, you know, some images of those things where we would be doing primarily a lot if a hurricane or flooding had come through a community, um, usually a year or two after, we'd take a group of students. And it could be anywhere from five students to one year, I think we took 65 students down to New Orleans. And we could be doing anything from kind of demolition, you know, tearing out that which had been, and let's just be honest, like water damage is the worst. You know, we would be tearing that out, or we would be in the process of helping to rebuild. And these are some images of the groups that I worked with. And it was always just, it was a privilege and an honor, and it was exhausting. You know, you sleep on air mattresses on the floor. Thank God we had air mattresses. Uh, But even more so, just the joy of, of seeing students engage in their faith and then to also pair them up to hear the stories from the actual individuals that they were serving you know the people's homes that they had invaded for that week and to kind of listen to them and get to know them and hear what happened during the storm maybe because they usually were storms um, and then kind of the aftermath and how they had to literally rebuild their lives And it was so meaningful to watch students make that connection between the work that they were doing and the care for others. To see them kind of recognize that there was a greater purpose, not just, hey, they need drywall, but also to see this is making a home again for people who had lost hope. And in one of those situations, we were talking to a gentleman, and um, this was down during Rita. Um, Rita was a huge hurricane that swept through mostly the Texas coast. Um, and talking to that person about his experience. And, you know, this is just a picture of what the storm looked like from above and then also the devastation that it wrecks. I mean, these are houses taken out. Um, That's some of the flooding that came from it. I mean, it is just awful. And so we were talking to this man, and he's starting to tell us, and he's like, that Rita, that Rita was one crazy broad but he didn't use the word broad. I'll let you fill it in. And it just struck me, not only in this moment of this man just being honest, like this storm came in and I have clung to the name of it. Because sometimes those episodes in our lives that are rough and difficult, we give names to, which is probably why meteorologists started to name storms after people. Probably not, hopefully not people that they knew, but who knows, for years it was only women. Yeah, that's a problem. But anyway, now they're you know, a little bit more egalitarian and switch back and forth. But um, I think there are seasons in our lives where we feel like we are in the midst of a storm. And that storm may even have a name for us. And we have been going through um, not only looking at what it is to have God with us, you know, with this being the idea of God coming to dwell with us in the season that we are in, called Advent that leads us to Christmas, the birth of Christ. You know, we've talked about finding God in the wilderness, finding God in the valleys, and that God is constantly working out his plan 
regardless of our circumstances. And I want us today to dive into something that maybe we know a little too well, storms. And strangely enough, the weather is starting to cooperate a little bit. Like it was really raining and I'm like, this is really ominous <laughs> to be preaching on what it is to have God in the storm. But right now it's calm, so we're just gonna enjoy that. And the thing is, there are literal storms in our lives and then there are the figurative ones. And let's be honest, life isn't always sunshine and rainbows, right? And I'm saying this, you know, as, as somebody of faith, but sometimes it's hard to find hope in the midst of one of those life storms. And I heard this from actually another pastor, that um, life is either stormy for you, you're in the midst of a storm, you're just coming out of a storm, or you're getting ready to go in to a storm. I know, that's really encouraging. Um, I'm hoping to contact Hallmark and get that put on a card and make some money off that. But to be real, life can be wild. Life can be rocky and uncertain. And sometimes we're in the midst of something that makes no sense, and it is hard and it is difficult. Or we have just come out of it and we feel beaten up and exhausted. Or sometimes we can see one coming on the horizon. And some of you might be in a storm right now. And you may be even asking, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And it may be a storm of heartbreak. It may be a storm of depression, finances, or relationships. Those may be some of the names that you are giving to your storms. And it may feel like that you are drowning and you just want it all to stop because you are exhausted in the midst of this. And I think most of us have been there at some point in our lives. Some of you may be there right now. And I know this to be true, is that a lot of times when we hit a storm, we like to blame God. We're like, why God? Why are you allowing this to happen? And sometimes we're like, why are you allowing this to happen to me? You know, not just like bad things happen, but why are you allowing bad things to happen to me? I'm not a bad person, right? But that's a theology of karma, not a theology of grace because karma says you get what you deserve grace is about getting what you don't deserve and it is actually for your benefit and your favor but so often when we are in a storm we lose hope and we wonder where is God is God even around this mess or has God checked out and I want us to keep this in mind as we go through this today is never let the presence of a storm make you doubt the presence of God. Never let the presence of a storm make you doubt the presence of God. And I want us to dig into actually a story that comes to us from the New Testament. I know Kevin has been taking us quite extensively through the Old Testament and showing us God's presence there in his plan. And I want you to see how it then comes into the New Testament. And we're looking primarily at Acts 27. There are some guys who are stuck in a boat in the middle of a crazy storm. It is a literal storm and um, that Acts 27 to 28, the two chapters there, they describe this story that is really Paul taking a journey across the Mediterranean Sea. And there's a map behind me um, just to give you a little bit of orientation to where you are. And during this journey, during the sea voyage, there is lots of trials, there are lots of tribulations, and it actually culminates in a shipwreck on the Isle of uh, Malta, as we know it. But it's also a story of resilience. And Malta is that island circled in orange on our screen there, just to further 
orient you. And they were really trying to get to Rome, which is further up, but this is where they shipwreck. And I think this teaches us not just about literal storms, you know, rain and thunder and such, but also life storms and how Paul's steadfastness during this mirrors our own experiences at times, that we have changes and upheavals and problems and challenges and heartbreak and financial woes that come at us like storms. And we have a choice in all of those circumstances to allow that storm to wreck us or to redeem us. And this storm that Paul and everyone on this boat is on is probably a Rita-level storm. It has been going on for days. And, and it's been a long time since I've ever had a, like, an experience with a, a literal storm that has lasted more than a day. But the rain is never ceasing. The winds don't stop. They are thrown back and forth. And the crew, I mean, these are hardened sailors. They are so scared that they have started tossing stuff off the sides of the boat, thinking that they are done for. And they have lost all hope. And I wonder if anyone else here has ever felt like that. Maybe you're thinking, I'm done. That's one of my favorite phrases when I hit a wall. It's like, I'm done. I got nothing left to give. This is too much. And for these individuals, this storm is not giving up. It won't let up. But I think when we dig into this, we see not only what we do in a literal storm, but maybe how we can respond to the storms of life that come at us. So verse 20 in chapter 27 of Acts, when, the, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raging. Sounds like some of our lives. It's just not letting up. We can't catch a break. And then we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Just give it up, throw in the towel. It's heavy. You have nothing left to hold you up, and there is no way out. But luckily, luckily, these sailors have Paul with them, this, this apostle, this evangelist, this man who carries the truth of God's grace and love with him everywhere, and he steps up to the plate right now, and his pastoral heart in this moment is so, so powerful. You know what he says? Men, you shouldn't listen to me and not sail for Crete. Hello, Ron Swanson. Hello, Captain Obvious. Hello, rub it in my face. Yes, Paul, what great tact you have. Classic, I told you so move on his part. Yeah, not so gracious, not so pastoral. And he's kind of pointing out, like, you caused this. I told you not to do this. You're here because you didn't listen to me. And the kicker is, yes, sometimes the storms of our lives are our own doing. We make dumb decisions. We end up in the mess that we have, we have created. And Paul here isn't sugarcoating it. Oh, it's okay. Nope. You're in this storm because you messed up. And I'm going to tell you. He's being so very real and acknowledging, yeah, this is, this is a mess we made. You know, and I think some of us are there at times. We have spent too much money. We have said the wrong thing. We have said something really dumb. And the thing about words, you cannot take them back. You have to plow through and then work towards reconciliation. We have procrastinated, or maybe, maybe you dated that person everyone told you not to. Yeah, they're like, oh, don't go there. And you went there, and then you found out why you shouldn't have gone there. Now, that's not always the case, though. Yes, yeah, sometimes the mess is our own making, and then sometimes it is somebody else's mess that gets us all dirty, that wrecks us. Or sometimes it is just 
life. Life comes at us. There are things that are out of our control regardless. And so it is not done to us. We are just living in it. And so the twist is, whether that storm is our fault or not, we cannot forget that God is with us. That no matter how we got into that storm, God is with us. He will not abandon us. And this is what Paul starts to then share, which is a little bit more helpful than just I told you so. He starts to describe an experience that he had on the ship in the middle of the storm with an actual angel, a messenger of God in the middle of this chaos. And for Paul, this demonstrated to him that God had his back, that the Lord was with him, and he trusts that God is with him. And this is sometimes really hard for us, not so much because of God, but because of what other people have done to us in our lives, right? You know, when somebody else lets us down, it becomes harder to trust others. When somebody fails us or forgets us or leaves us, it's hard to trust others, and it becomes even hard to trust God because we start to transfer that pain onto others and onto God. And I want us to sometimes keep that in mind. Like, has this really been my experience with God, or has this been my experience with people who are imperfect and who fail? We all fail. We have all fallen short. We have all forgotten someone's birthday. We have all forgotten a promise that we made, right? I was going to do this, and then, oh, I forgot. We have all been there, but it's not God's character. But Paul gets this, that we actually hear this from him in another letter that he writes in Second Timothy. He says, everybody left me, but the Lord stood at my side. Everybody left me, but the Lord stood at my side. And David, an individual from our Old Testament stories, I know the Lord is always with me. Both of these men who are pillars in our faith lean into the reality that know that God is with them regardless of their circumstances, regardless of the storms in their lives. And so often our storms feel so hard and difficult because we feel alone in them. We feel abandoned in them. We feel like we're the only one experiencing it, and we need to be reminded that there is someone with us. And sometimes we need to see that in the form of friends and family. And most importantly, we need to know that regardless of where our friends and family are in our lives, that God is always with us. But I don't want to diminish the power of community for us as well. This is why we gather together, is to remind ourselves that there is a community around us that there are people who are with and for us as part of the church, that we are better together, that the, we are in this together. We are here to not only remind ourselves that we are not alone, but to remind others that they are not alone. You know, one of the things, as, as somebody who married later in life, I'll be honest, I can't remember if I married when I was 38 or 39, but there was a point where it's like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. But then, you know, I met John. And a friend of mine, after I'd been married for a few months, asked, what was the most surprising thing to you about being married? And I said this, and it, it, it didn't come to me until that moment that question was posed to me, is there is a sense of security. Not that I feel like John protects me or anything like that, but there is a sense of security in knowing that we are in this together. And this isn't just about marriage. This is about life and friendship and community and church. And so while we're talking about where, where God is with us in the storms, sometimes we need to be the presence of God for others to remind them that God has not abandoned them in the storm. So 
Let's be people who do not allow the storms to mess with our faith. The storms are going to come regardless, but we have a choice to make to hold fast to our faith and to show up for people in the midst of their storms. And so Paul's words to this community, this, this, this boat of sailors, becomes much more positive in a few moments. <laughs> Not just the I told you so, but you know, keep your courage up. The storm is rough. That's what it makes it a storm. But remember, it is not the end. It is not the final word. Yes, the ship may break. The ship, we see, will wreck. But you will not be lost. Peace, my friends, is not found in the absence of storms. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. So we have to learn to ride out the storms with confidence that God is with us. And I want you to get this, that real peace, real peace isn't about having a trouble-free life. We often think, oh, I just want things to calm down. I just want this. It's not going to last even if you get there, and it's not going to stay. So learn to ride the storm holding on to a peace that cannot be taken from you. Because following Jesus doesn't mean that bad days won't happen. You may have heard differently, but that person was lying to you, okay? Bad days come to us all. God's grace does not immunize us to hard days. It guarantees us salvation and the presence of God with us in the midst of hardship. In fact, Jesus himself will say in the Gospel of John, in this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have trouble. That, I know, that's really comforting. That's going to go in my Hallmark line as well. But he doesn't stop there. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart. I have overcome the world. He is with us, yes. And, and I think recognizing that there are storms. They're going to come for us. But that God is with us. There is such a truth in that and a security. I think sometimes the hardship of this season is that everything is so pretty and so glittery and so magical and it looks pretty. But sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes this is a hard season because this is an anniversary for you that hurts. This may be your first Christmas without mom. This may be your first, this may be closing out a year in which you had a lot of loss. I was talking with a friend who celebrated his 50th birthday one day, and then the following day he was remembering his father's death date. There's an and there. But take heart, for I have overcome this world. Real peace isn't the absence of trouble. It's found in the presence of Christ. Paul is on this boat in the midst of this massive storm, and the angel of the Lord is with him in that moment. Imagine, in the midst of all this chaos, that he has this tangible feeling of God's presence with him. And it is the same for us, except better. I know lots of people like to believe that there are angels watching over them. There may be. But even more so, we have the very presence of God with us. We have not just a messenger of God, but God himself. Jesus is with us, right with us, always. And so kind of reading into Paul's words a little bit more and how he describes this experience with this messenger from God. Last night, an angel of the Lord, an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. And this angel wasn't quiet. This angel also had a message. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. So this angel is like, don't be afraid, but there's more to come. You're going to stand in front of Caesar. 
you're going to stand before the most powerful man in the known world at this time. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So these words here are meant to say, there is more to come. There is still more for you to do. You are not going to perish here. Hold fast to that. There is still more to do. You're not going down in this battle, Paul, because God has more battles for you to fight. And some of you need to hear that today. This is not what's going to take you down. You can't go down in this battle because there is more for you to do in this life. There is more that you are needed for. I heard a gentleman who was in his 80s, was a retired bishop. And it's kind of a, a funny thing in our tradition is that we talk about people who do retire, but they're really never out of work. Because if you're not dead, he said, if you're not dead, you're not done. If you're not dead, you're not done. God has more people for you to love, more opportunities for you to serve, more times for you to be a blessing to someone. This is a week that can be wonderful and awful because it is so full and is so rich and we are getting ready and we are heading towards maybe a little bit of a break, but there's so much to be done. There are so many presents to wrap. There is so much to be finished up. And we have this added stress of wanting everything to be special and magical. And it is really hard sometimes, though, for a lot of people who may not have a magical season in front of them. They may be alone. They may be struggling. This may be the worst season because it is retail hell for them. And we all have an opportunity to be kind, to extend kindness and grace where maybe they have not experienced it lately because they've encountered a bunch of angry, stressed-out people shopping for the last stupid ding-dong thing that they want to put in a stocking for their kid that'll get broken and lost almost before the day is done. We have an opportunity always to show the grace and love that is for us, that we have been experiencing to extend to others. The thing is, the storms don't surprise God. They may surprise us, but the storms do not surprise God. As Kevin has been talking to us the last few weeks, God is already at work. God has been at work. His plan is continuing to be implemented. That he is working in us, he is speaking to us, he is strengthening us if we will allow it. And he will use what we learn in our storms to help others in theirs. Your story matters. Your story always matters. And your story may be what somebody else needs to hear and experience to carry them through their own storms. One day you may be in front of somebody saying, I, I get it. I've been there. Let me listen with great understanding. I survived it and I believe you can too. And I'm willing to sit with you in this because I know this storm will pass. So Paul's next words to the sailors. Keep up your courage. Keep up your courage. Keep your faith. For I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. It's hard to hold on to that when life is difficult and hard and rough because we cannot control the storm. We cannot control when it starts. We cannot control it in the midst of it. We cannot control how bad it is, how severe, how long it will go. We have no control over that, but we can control what we believe in the midst of that storm. We can control where we place our faith. My faith is not in the storm. My faith is in the one who commands the winds and the waves. 
My faith is not in the ship that sails through the wind and the waves. My faith is in the one who created it all. That throughout scripture, we see again and again God's reassurance that he is with us. That in the Psalms, it says, God is our shelter, always ready to help in times of trouble because he is with us. He is, as we describe in this season, Emmanuel, which means God with us. We are not alone. You are not alone. You may feel alone, but you are not alone. You do not need to be afraid because he is with us. That when the earth shakes and everything falls apart, it may be your job, it may be your relationship, it may be your family, your, your livelihood, everything that you have known to be true may be shaken. Let it go and hold fast to Jesus because he is with us. He is with us. We see this throughout scripture. The proclamation, the pronouncement, the statement that God is with us and that we see this in Romans even, finishing with nothing in all creation. Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God. We see this again in the Old Testament and Isaiah. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Or even in Psalm 23, which is read so often at funerals. It was read at my own mother's funeral. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And the fact that you say that you are with me, you are with me. This is not a threat, friends. This is a promise. You are with me, God. This is a promise that God is with us. Your faith, your faith, again, is not in the storm. It is not in what you see, but in who God is. Your faith is not in the boat. It's in the one who created the wind and the waves. We cannot control the storm, but we can control where we place our faith. So where is your faith today? Where is your faith today? Is it in the presence of Jesus or the absence of trouble? Does life feel okay? So, yeah, I have peace. Or is life rocky, but you have peace because you have the presence of God? Real peace is found in the presence of Emmanuel, this name that is given to Christ, God with us. We have been pulling from this verse in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. And the thing in, in scripture, names aren't just simply, you know, what you were called, but often represented your very character, who you were, how you acted, how you worked, what you did. Jesus is described as God with us. Not only is that a name given to him, a title given to him, but it is also the reality of God choosing to wrap himself in flesh and come be with us in the most vulnerable way, in the most real tangible way, in the most connectional way ever. He chooses to experience life with us, not apart from us, not from a distance, but up close in the mess of it all. That is what it is to have God with us. Now, you may not be in the midst of a storm, but I bet you know someone who is, or maybe someone who has come out of a storm and needs to experience some hope, some presence of God. And that may be you. That showing up for someone in this season may be what demonstrates to them 
that they need the presence of God in the presence of a storm. So I want us to take a moment to pray together that either you are praying for yourself or you're praying for someone else. Will you pray with me? God, God, we bring these storms to you. We know that you are already in tomorrow, that this storm has not surprised you, that you are working in the meanwhile. You are at work for our good. Give us peace in the midst of the storm. Give us your very presence to know that you are with us, strengthening us, speaking to us, doing something in us for our good. Help us to trust your promise that we won't go down in this battle because you have more for us in this life and the next. May our faith be in you, the one who commands the wind and the waves. May our faith be in you and who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope that you all have experienced the peace of Jesus in your life. You have all experienced his grace and forgiveness that we always can turn to God, regardless of the storms we are in, whether they are of our own making or have been made to us or done to us. I want you to know that God hears you, forgives you, embraces you, and loves you for all that you are. This season, I want us to rest in this presence of God, keeping the faith, remembering that real peace is found in the presence of Jesus. That this very first chapter of Matthew's Gospel begins with Jesus being declared Emmanuel, God with us. And there is this beautiful bookend that happens, the very end of Matthew's gospel, where Jesus declares, and behold, I am with, always with you. I am always with you to the end of the age. There is this beautiful, beautiful bookend here in this gospel, and that it is also woven throughout scripture. Never let a storm cause you to doubt or forget the presence of God. Never let a storm mess with your faith because the one that we have faith in is bigger than the storm. Amen.